Welcome to Identity Matters Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Finney, and I will be your speaker today. Every believer needs to understand who they are in Christ. In our new series, Identity Theft, we'll do just that. Help each believer truly know who they are in Christ. Thank you for joining us. Listeners, we want to welcome you to our podcast. It's going to be an exciting night because we're doing part two of the enemy, the thief, trying to pound into our children's minds how to manipulate. So this has created quite an interest. In fact, one person even said to me this past week, this is almost like a a parenting conference. And I said, yeah, it's better than a parenting conference because... We are going after the issues that typically are a problem with parents. And that's, of course, the identity theft. This is 139 of our Identity Matters series. And then the Identity Theft mini-series that is underneath that. We are on part 7. Let's take a look at our opening statement here. Identity is the door to your earthly destiny. Not just for the unbeliever, but it's for the believer as well. Believers can have problems with their destiny while walking on earth because they're working out their salvation in Christ Jesus. So there's going to be days, moments, sometimes weeks or months, and for a few years where they look exactly like an unbeliever. And they're actually indwelt. Destiny is definitely the testimonial issue, but really, identity, (coughs) excuse me, identity is the key to the decisions that you make and the actions that you will carry out. And ultimately, it confesses who that God really is, who is responsible for your destiny. So an unbeliever, who is responsible for their destiny? I hear Satan, he gets a vote. It's God. God decides who's going to hell. God decides who is going with him. Now Satan thinks that he might have the power to kill, steal, and destroy. Well... He may be able to be used by the living God to do some killing. We pretty much have to give him that. We know that the living God uses the enemy to allow stealing all over the world. He's in this room. We know that the living God allows the enemy to bring destruction. A sovereign God is the one who's in control of all things, even Satan. Now this destiny thing, this confession of a destiny, is basically you confessing which direction you're going right now. If you are pretty much living your daily life by 
calling out to Christ in you and Christ in you is bringing you solutions, then you are what we are classifying as an indwell believer experiencing overflow. But if you are an indwelt believer and you're not experiencing overflow, it doesn't mean that you have hell as your destiny. But it does mean that as you're walking the face of the earth, you're experiencing hellish things in your destiny. So we have to filter through this stuff. Because we have received some comments and questions about people wondering about if they're really saved. Heard it twice this week. Because of hearing the message in this whole destiny opening statement, they're really wondering, well, am I really saved? And I can't answer that question for them. That is what's in the muck of the deception of the deceiver. That's why it's so effective. There's only one being that I'm aware of that can actually confirm your salvation. That's the living God. And there may be a reason. No, there not may be. There is a reason why you as a listener are struggling with maybe I'm not truly saved. Because the facts are maybe you're not. But I can't say that. And nor can you. It is only the Spirit of the living God that can confirm destiny. It's only the Spirit of the living God that can say, You are going to hell. Unless you receive my Son. Plain and simple. That is a very personal moment. But if you want to text at 602-292-2982 and ask for prayer, or maybe we can help you with one of those questions that can lead you in the right direction, we would be more than willing to do that. So we welcome you to our Identity Theft Series, number seven. And our title for tonight is Identity Thief Plants Childhood Manipulation, Part Two. Satan lies to children to obscure the truth. Someone please remind us what we discovered last week of what obscurity meant. Truth, hearing the truth, hearing the facts and the truth, not just the truth. Truth is not facts. Nowhere close. Satan will tell you facts all day long. It's what his tree is made out of. It's why it's called the tree of knowledge. Truth is a life, Jesus says, for I am the truth. So we have to look at that. What, what, what's he doing with this obscurity thing? Because your child can actually tell you the facts and be lying to your face. How does that work? Some people are experts at hiding the truth by being evasive, unclear, or obscure in telling the facts. It is a practice of rearranging the facts in a crafty fashion to support their way of escape. Now stay with me. It's like a robber coming into your home 
And before he takes whatever it is he's about to steal, he plans his way of escape. Smart burglar. Right? But if he goes in there and fumbles around and someone pops the lights on, he's not sure how to get back out of that house. He's in trouble. He will be trapped. Satan will not be trapped. He never has been, if you haven't noticed in reading your Bible. Now a day is coming for him. He's not going to be trapped. He's just going to be faced with, I lost. But see, someone who is so factual cannot be trapped. That's why they're factual. So tree of knowledge stuff is a big deal. That's what defense lawyers go to school for. They listen very carefully. They've got note takers. They're they're adjusting all of the facts in such a way that they can get their client into their way of escape. And they could be a murderer. They could be guilty of this thing. But it is their job to defend them. And even if they know as their attorney that they are guilty, they still have to rearrange all the facts in such a way that their, their client can find their way of escape. That's what teenagers do. They make great defense attorneys. Don't they, parents? You've got to listen so carefully to what they're saying. I mean, there's certain days that as a parent you just get worn out because you're having to play more of the role of an attorney than you are a mother or a father. Where does this kid get this? Now see, these these guys and gals, I can see where they get it. You know, going and getting basically a master's degree in law... I get it. But these, these, these kids, I mean, the little kid had just got his hand caught in the cookie jar and his hand's still in the cookie jar and you as the mother or parent walk up and say, what are you doing? Nothing. And they slowly take their hand out of the cookie jar with the cookie in their hand. Some put it to the mouth instantly because they know they've been condemned. And others start this negotiation. I didn't take the cookie. Well, you have it in your hand, honey. Well, I didn't eat it. I was just rearranging the cookies. So they were crooked in there. Then they start this debate. And they really believe it makes sense. While they have this cookie in their hand. Because see, nothing matters more than to taste that cookie, does it? And that's why some of them go right to their mouth with it. Because they know they will be condemned anyway. That's how it works. In your mind, obscurity has meant clouded truth, I've heard. Not revealing the truth. Hiding behind lies. That'd be a pretty good definition too. 
But see, I can't add that to the list because that is not someone who's really good at obscurity. Someone who's really good at obscurity hides Jesus behind the facts, not lies. But see, if you take one ounce out of the full presentation of truth, you have a lie. Well, see, Satan has fallen short of perfection, even though it is clearly stated in the Word of God that he was perfect in knowledge, perfect in wisdom, perfect in beauty. But see, that one decision that he made changed his destiny. And now, he's just one mark short. He's just an ounce short of a full cup. And that's why he's the father of lies. But what's in the cup is pure facts. That's what I want you to see. That's obscurity at its best. And we all do it. It is hiding truth behind a fact. Now here's an example. You talk in such a way that it really does sound like you are a true believer. Well, you are. That's the facts. What are you a believer in? And who? Is the question. Where is the truth hiding behind your facts statement? Well, let's take a look at it. Unhidden truth says this, Satan hides the truth, Jesus Christ. Satan hides Jesus Christ behind the logical and objective facts found in the seen world. You see, he doesn't really care. In fact, I think he promotes it. He doesn't really care if the term Christ or God or Christianity or any of those terms are used in his religious world. He doesn't. He doesn't want you using the authentic original description that is Jesus the Messiah or Messiah Jesus. That's what he doesn't want stated because it separates himself and basically labels him an anti-Christ. And he doesn't want that. He's got to erase the name of Jesus. He's got to obscure it. He's got to hide it. He can't get rid of it. He tried that one. He's got to hide it in the church. He has to hide it in conversations. He has to hide it in writing our Christian books today. He has to hide it in our songs that we sing. Where we sing about God and we sing even using the name of Jesus. But we will not call him the Messiah. Messiah is the ruler of the universe. Jesus, the Messiah, is the King of Kings. The Lord of all lords. He has to obscure it. Hide it. He masks his graven image subliminally operating below the threshold of human consciousness. You think that that's just kind of 
science and the wonder of science and whatever, but I'm here to tell you that Satan knows that piece of knowledge perfectly. He needs to inundate your brain with so many facts that he knows on the long run it's literally going to shut your brain down. They're already connecting Alzheimer's today to too much information. They are predicting the absolute massive growth of Alzheimer's and diseases like it because of the information highway. And it's constant putting stuff into your head. Images coming into your phone and you're reading and you're, you're posting and you're projecting and you're, it's just constant. You have to ask the question, what is Satan doing with those facts? Of Satan plaguing you with worries and doubts and fears and facts and facts and facts and facts. He knows how you're designed and he knows that you're going to start shutting down. And when you shut down, you yield your life over to a destiny maker. That's how he does it. So if you want to open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 2, verses 8 through 12. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception. What is philosophy? Philosophy, like a PhD, is a doctorate in philosophy. DPhil, which is Oxford is the same thing. It's a doctorate of philosophy. Philosophy is the study of trying to figure out why life is what it is. That's it. So these vain philosophies is man's ideas, man's facts of what they are presenting and meanwhile, they are quite aware of the fact who Jesus Christ is and they need to hide him. If you're in a debate, if you're in a discussion with someone and you seem to be tripping over yourself and wandering around in circles, it's because you're not using the name Jesus the Messiah, Jesus Christ. No one wants to bring that into their philosophies. Because it nails everything down that no man comes unto the Father except by Him. It's narrow and it's not a philosophy. It's a dogma. It's an immovable dogma. This empty deception is what I just showed you with these subliminal pictures. There's no meaning to it. There's no purpose, but it's fun. Now, what makes these artists successful is repetition. Because all you saw up there were images that were just repeating itself. Whether the lines go this way or it's just constantly repeating itself. What they don't show you is they use the same pattern 
and put it behind the pattern and create the same uh, image using the same pattern to create an image they, they want you to see. Whether it's clouds or mountains or whatever it is they want you to see. But all you're seeing consciously is this pattern. But there's more there. There's more being said. This is what the scripture is warning us about. And there's only one way to deal with it, and it's like circumcision. You have to cut the flesh off. And there's two kinds of circumcision. The one kind is when, you know, for sure the Hebrews, you know, and on the eighth day, Grandpa, if he was the patriarch, had to come into the room and he had to cut that flesh off of that poor little guy. And that's circumcision. The scripture is telling us here that is exactly what Christ did with us as he came into our lives and he grabbed a hold of our flesh and he cut it off. He circumcised us. To be freed from the vain philosophies and the empty deception that Satan has become very good at. So picking up from last week, this is number eight in regard to the childhood manipulations. Satan pushes for control of mass media. One of the number one problems with children is that they are left to they are left to interpret by their own depraved minds to decide what media is good and what media is bad for them. This is developed by the enemy using the parents' foolish decisions and allowing their children to view or read subversive content in media. That's how it works. And it's effective. Satan uses media to destroy their minds. He doesn't wait till they're teenagers and they get their first iPod. He starts it in cartoons. He starts it in silly little children's songs. He wants poor food and medicine to be a deceptive, manipulative offense on the child. Like junk food. Or putting the kid on medicine for being ADD. So you diagnosed yourself with ADD and you want to spend the rest of your life with that sucker hanging off your back? And let me guess, you're on medicine. The most ridiculous label that has ever hit the medical world is ADD. All it is, folks, listen carefully at 602-292-2982. And if your kid has been labeled with ADD, it is evidence you have not provided proper discipline and training and instruction. And if your kid is hyperactive, extra active, I say good. Because he might be or she might be gifted. And you're medicating that gift. And you're stopping the, the way that God has made them from coming forth from them. The sooner you get redirected away from hanging on to labels to make you, Daddy, 
feel better, or you, mommy, to feel better, the better. It is a satanic ploy of manipulation to use medicines, particularly psychotropic medicines, to sedate God's creation. I've never met an ADD kid yet. And I've had many of them in my office. I've never met one yet that was not gifted. That was so quick to catch things. So quick to put pieces together. So quick. Like this little guy in World Magazine that I, I read about yesterday. He's how old? He's nine years old and he's in college. I'd really like to know if you if if there's any way I can find out at 602-292-2982, find out if this kid's been labeled ADD. I just have a feeling that the parents of this kid let him be who God made him to be. And it just kept pouring out of him. And will continue to. Yeah, I think he'll probably reach his goal of wanting to be a physicist. You see, that's what Satan hates. It's these incredibly gifted young people that are going to turn into prophets and teachers and pastors and so forth and so on. So he wants to sedate them with junk food starting there and moving its way into medicines. Well, I'm sorry you've been given a special child. No, I'm not. That is a gift that is being given to you by God. Don't sedate it. Explore it. Number 10. He forms illusion of time. He, he implants in the, the, the minds of the parents and the children a disrespect and laziness of, of God's clock. His sovereign timeline. The enemy uses the parents and others to be undisciplined with the child and being on time and having a time-managed day. Resulting in that the child actually becomes a master at being an identity thief. Stealing from the time clock, the timeline of other people. It's called being late. Do you understand that? Being late is stealing from someone else's timeline. That is ordained by God. Now if you get 5, 10, 15, 20 in the same sphere of influence all doing that, it just whacks out God's timeline. Satan knows it. No time for Holy Spirit movement today. Sorry. And all we're calling it is, yeah, I have a problem with showing up places late. No, you're a thief. That's what it is. You are stealing people's time. Satan doesn't care about my wallet. He doesn't care about my house. He cares about my time. He doesn't want my time used by Christ. 
So he whacks out my time. How does he do it? He just takes things and he just kind of throws it in the pathway. Slows me down a little bit. Throws another one in. Another angry thought. Another year. Just throws it in the timeline. Pretty soon, by the time I arrived to the actual time, the Holy Spirit was going to do something in and through me. Sorry. No time. It's a technique formed into us at childhood. It's called lazy. There's lazy people in this room. There are lazy people listening online. You're undisciplined, and then you go get a label from your doctor, and you get medicated because of it, because you're lazy, and you're a thief, and you're stealing the time that God has put into other people's timeline. Now, if you're tired, you're exhausted, that is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you compulsive late people. If I'm late, I am barging in on someone else's sovereign timeline. That's not a pleasant one to talk about, but it starts with our kids. You see, if a child never left their room in the morning, unless the room looked like it was ready for a magazine photo, if the child didn't go to bed until his room was in order, guess what would happen when they woke up the next day? The room is in order, ready for a new day. So all it takes when I'm doing counseling with parents is they do the morning and the night routine for one week. Then we drop the morning. Because you never go to bed. You never let the sun go down on your wrath. Well, you never let a mess go down on your room. Because you'll wake up fresh with things in order. So when I leave my office, as I will leave here tonight, everything better be in order. Because when I walk in, it needs to function for me. It should not delay and slow down the sovereign timeline of God he's assigned for that day. It's called leaving your dishes in the sink. It is... Not the issue of leaving your dishes in the sink. It is the habitual habit of leaving your dishes in the sink. And here's the real issue, listeners. And I've been counseling now for almost 40 years. Here's here's the real issue. These people cannot be told what to do. I tell myself when I clean. I tell myself when I'm going to make my... I tell myself. And if you start pressing in on them, and I have to give homework assignments to break them loose a little bit, and so I start giving homework assignments, guess what I get back? Rebellion. Excuses. As long as I don't press on them, I can have clients for 10 years. But if you press in on a lazy person who is very skilled in other areas, if you press in on them, you get that old childhood satanic implantation. And you'll see it. 
you'll run. It's rebellion. It's the sin of witchcraft. Number 11, to empower mind control. In order for Satan to steal the mind of the child for his own control, the child must be trained to steal from others through childish ways of mind control, starting with the parents, and then siblings, and then others. You see, you have to get control of the person's mind you're manipulating. Do you not? I mean, I don't mean to make this sound too simple. We've talked about several forms of mind control. Everyone does it. And it started with Satan. He needs to get control of this child's mind and he cannot do that until he infuses in that child a habit of manipulating the parent or the parent's and getting control of their minds. So when they approach them and say, can I get that snack? Go on. Go ahead. It's not holding to the no. But your yes be yes, your no be no. Anything above and beyond this is of evil. A, a hesitation that the child wants is his open door for evil. It's called manipulation. So if they're all yes or all no, that's no fun. you got to get that parent to hesitate. So you've asked him 16 times that one day for that Twinkie. Maybe 17 will do it. So they ask number 17. And all of a sudden... You're just exhausted. So you go, go ahead, go, only one. So they put a law and restrict their evil behavior, their gray zone. Okay, only one. You can only have one. Greed. So they go to the fridge and they open the fridge up, stuff one in while they, while they take the other one go back to the parent and say, okay, I'm just going to have one. Well, could you wipe off the cream off the corner of your mouth first? It doesn't work. The flesh always wants more. And if you put rules on it, it's going to find a way to push that edge out a little bit. Number 12, he pushes for liberal religious thought. There is no better way for Satan to drag an adult into his world religion than by liberating the child into being a self-thinker. Now, all of you parents out there that trained up your children to think for themselves, you messed them up. We are not designed by God to think for ourselves. Be a part of the decision-making process. They're to be directed, yes, no. Then they become parents. Yes. No. Because that's how God is. Yes. No. We manipulate God every day with our prayers. Praying for self-life prayers that are just ridiculous. We don't want to hear the no's. 
So we pray about the same thing over and over and over and over. And I can't tell you how many times I, and I'll probably get a 602 on this, because people respond by, but what about the illustration of, you know, the hungry person knocking on the door in the middle of the night and just keep knocking and knocking and knocking? Who would turn such a man away? Really? That's a salvation scripture. You see, that constant, constant, constant begging is manipulation to get the Twinkie. That's all it is. Number 13, he loves subversive symbols. So if you haven't noticed that pretty much the world lives off these things. They're called logos. Whether it's your favorite news channel or your favorite superhero or if you're into the coexistence thing, you know, it's symbols, 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 because you can look at a symbol and it will tell you what their Bible's about instantly. I look at CNN, for example, and I think liberal media. I look at Fox logo and I think conservative media. I look at Batman and I think of Satan. While another person will look at Batman and say, he's, the, he's awesome, he's my hero. You might not be thinking enough to see how simple it is for Satan to trap a child with symbolism. Because pretty soon this goes from here to a t-shirt, to a watch to movies, collecting comic books, for me, is one of the most fruitless endeavors of humanity. But that's what happens, just with symbols. Satan is a god of symbols. Finally, number 14, he infuses chaos and sorcery. Outside of money, and power, there is nothing Satan likes better than chaos. Disorder, disarray, disorganization, confusion, mayhem, bedlam, pandemonium, havoc, turmoil. The list goes on and on and on and on on the basic, simple manifestations of his character, or lack of it, I should say. It's called a lazy person. If you suffer laziness or steal from other people's timelines, you are promoting disorder, disarray, disorganization, confusion, mayhem, bedlam, which is not making your bed. <laughs> Pandemonium, havoc, on and on. That's what it is. That's what a lazy person is. They're just, they just kind of go by the seat of their pants. Well, that's going to work fine once in a while, but wait till your pants is on fire. It's not going to work anymore. Here's the bottom line with his techniques of infusing manipulation into the hearts and minds of our children and grandchildren. He wants you kids to function exactly opposite 
of him. Satan is not disorderly. He creates disorder. He knows exactly what he's doing. Satan is not in disarray. He's very structured. In fact, he's where we got the word perfect. Shanest. He's not disorganized. He is very organized. But if he can produce humans to be disorganized, lazy, undisciplined, wreaking havoc, how do you find out if a child is suffering with this? If they're destructive around your home. That's how you find it. If things, if you walk into someone's house and you see dents in the wall and things hanging from the ceiling and broken windows and you know, and it's kind of like you're walking through, through mayhem. That is, this is evidence that the child has been captured by the enemy and suffering from this. You say, well, I, you know, I, I, I really try to be orderly with my, my child or my children or whatever, but, you know, it's really hard. I'm not, I'm, I'm myself and not that organized. You're confessing it. You are evidence that this has happened to you. And you're just passing it down to the children. And now you're trapped and you go, I don't know what to do with my children of mayhem. I don't know what to do. They control me. Bing! Hit the red button. Because that was the goal. Now they can be their own God. The most organized, perfectionistic kid that I've ever met is the most destructive. Because they cannot be told what to do. Perfectionists are extreme rebellion. Then you have them on the other end where they're lazy, lazy, lazy. And if you try to poke them a little bit, you get the same reaction as the extreme perfectionist. Don't tell me what to do. Okay. No one can tell you guys what to do. Where are you going? Disorder, disarray, disorganization, confusion, mayhem. That's where they're going. Why do so many people end up in hell? 90% of every human that was born? Pretty simple. The 14 points, goals of manipulation have been bred into that child. They become adults. They have to be independent thinkers. All started here, of course. This is a diagram. If you're listening online, you have to look at your PDF to look at this. But this whole thing started out with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, creating Adam and Eve. Satan knew that he had to move God the Father out of that key position. He had to steal the spot that Adam and Eve were commanded to submit to. He didn't try to move Adam and Eve he tried to move God. That started in heaven. Then he figured out, okay, God's not moving here. So when this whole earth thing happened, 
when Adam and Eve were created by him, he had to come in and steal the position since he was a ground troop. He had to steal this position and that is exactly what he did and God allowed it. So that he would have control of Adam and Eve. He stepped on and stole from God's sovereign timeline. Just like your kids are doing to you every day. Don't allow it. Because this is what you're slowly allowing to be infused into your children. They'll be thieves. They won't be just stealing snacks. Stuffing a Twinkie in their mouth before they get to you. They will move into stealing other things. And when you start messing with stealing sovereignty of God, you've got his attention. He will stop you. Our identity statement for today is, there is a life that wins. That is not random, impulsive, self-thinking, independent, manipulative, chaotic, or any other descriptive of Satan. It is none other than the life of Jesus Christ. And that life is in us, if we're indwelled, and ready to be the opposite of Satan. We all might want to think, at least for a while, about what the best way is to train up our children, for if we don't, Satanism actually could be hiding behind Christian truth you've invested in your home. I'm going to close with this short story. I was an advisor for the DA's office in Colorado Springs for quite a while. I did profiling for them, particularly on religious cases, particularly Satanists. And we were in the middle of profiling a high priest. We had him sitting across the table. It was typical what you would see on television on how you would interrogate. And I began to realize something as I was watching this high priest, which the DA's office had a long list of what he did to children. And when he responded to a particular question of where he gets his recruits, and this has never left me and it never will, he said this, 602-292-2982. He said this, Halloween's a-coming next week. You might want to think about this. I know this is the kind of message that many people are bored with. They yawn through. Because they don't know what to do with it. Your kids are either all grown up. Or you're trapped. In the very trap that Satan designed for you. So you're paralyzed. But remember this. The International Satan Church moved to Colorado Springs. And that's why I was called in on helping with some of the cases. And we had a big boy sitting across the table. And when he was asked that question, 
where do you get your recruits? We figured he was going to say the public schools because that's what was part of his list. And he said, in the Christian families. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Of course, asking the duh question, well, why Christian families? He says the children already think spiritually. And so we thrive off their bitterness and their lies. Of lying to their Christian parents. So we pick them out and we do what we do. Just because your children think spiritually doesn't make them better. It makes them more vulnerable for Satan. He loves religion. He loves religious thought. He loves all of that Christianity stuff. But he doesn't like the indwelling life. To let the mind of Christ do the thinking in your kid? No, 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 no. We're not doing that. He wants self-thinkers, independent, controlling kids, manipulative, thinkers, educated, on and on and on and on. Build them into being their own gods. Then I will come and steal them when their day is ready. You've been listening to Identity Matters Podcast. We appreciate having you join us today. Feel free to log on to our website at www.iomamerica.org. We have lots of resources available for you on the believer's identity in Christ. Again, thank you for joining us.